It's a term you may not be familiar with, but it's extremely important. In fact, the term is worldview. And for the most part, it means just that, how one views the world. Today, you'll see just how intensely worldviews often clash. Welcome to Evidence and Answers with Pat Zukerin. Dr. Zukerin is a scholar, author, and speaker who addresses spiritual and cultural issues of concern to all of us. Today, Pat is speaking before an audience on the subject of worldviews. He'll discuss how to evaluate your worldview. Which one is best? How would one choose among all the worldview options? It's going to be a very informative show, so stay right here. And as always, you can find so many resources at evidenceandanswers.org. Everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism. Past radio shows you may not have heard, interviews with experts, Pat's books and articles, and so much more. That's at evidenceandanswers.org. Now let's go to Pat Zuckerman with part one of Clash of Worldviews. Worldviews. It's a very important word, but many of you may not be familiar with this all-important word. We're going to be discussing a clash of worldviews. Now, before I begin, let me once again introduce the ministry that I work for, Probe Ministries. We are a team of Christian apologists who write on various topics of the culture. We have experts in politics, in science, in history, in ethics, in education, in theology, in philosophy. Probe.org is a great website. If you've got questions on what is Islam? Is it a religion of tolerance and peace? Is a Christian ever justified to use force, military force? Is there such a thing as just war? What is Buddhism? Is there a Christian position on cloning and stem cell research and the use of medical technology? How do we reach our friends who are in the homosexual lifestyle? This is a great resource for you, probe.org. Over a thousand articles, 50 PowerPoints that you can download and use, and numerous other resources. And Evidence and Answers, that's the name of the radio show that I host. It's a nationally syndicated show, and my website is evidenceandanswers.org. There you can listen to over 100 interviews with some of the top Christian scholars from all over the world. Not only interviews, but seminars, and also debates uh, that I have done as well, plus articles from the scholars that I have interviewed and numerous other resources. And so it's a, uh, two great resources for you there, probe.org and evidenceandanswers.org. What we're talking about worldviews, God did not call us to make converts. He called us to make disciples. And wherever he went, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. Well, what is a kingdom? Well, a kingdom has a king who rules over a domain. So Christ was not only calling us to transform lives, but to transform cultures as well. So Christ called each one of us, each one of us here in this room, to a grand and very glorious mission to transform lives and transform the world for the kingdom of God. Now, as we go out beyond the walls of this church, we engage the culture and we enter into a struggle, a spiritual battle, but also a, a cultural war, a war of conflicting ideas. And it doesn't take long to realize that the church today has been losing ground in this struggle. In recent times, in our state, we have seen the legalization of same-sex civil unions. Prayer has been removed from our legislature. You know, we're the only state that does not allow prayer in our state legislature. Abortion 
on demand. Uh, God is not allowed in our public schools. So it doesn't take long to realize we've been losing ground as we engage in this battle here. And recent elections show that we are not faring well in this struggle. However, this is not true just of the church of this state, but of the church nationwide. Charles Colson, most of you in here are old enough to remember him, he was one of the top aides to President Nixon indicted in the Watergate scandal and in prison gave his life to Christ and now speaks as a powerful prophetic voice on issues of the culture today. And he writes this in his book, How, now, How Shall We Now Live? He writes this, We live in a culture that is at best morally indifferent, a culture in which Judeo-Christian values are mocked and where immorality in high places is not only ignored but even rewarded in the voting booth. A culture in which violence, banality, meanness, and disintegrating personal behavior are destroying civility and endangering the very life of our communities. Small wonder that many people have concluded that the culture war is over and we, the church, have lost. Sociologist George Barnum, in his book The Second Coming of the Church, writes this, As we prepare to enter into a new century of ministry, we must address one inescapable conclusion. Despite the activity in chutzpah emanating from thousands of congregations, the church in America is losing influence and adherence faster than any other major institution in the nation. Well, what's going on here? Why are we losing ground in the struggle for the heart and soul of our culture and of our nation? Well, one reason is that we do not understand where the true battle lies. You see, the real battle is not simply over gay marriage or abortion, but it begins at worldviews. Now, this is a term you may not be familiar with, but it's a very important one. What is a worldview? Well, a worldview is what shapes our beliefs, our values, and our behavior. And if we hope to understand our world, to live out our faith, and transform our culture for Christ, we must begin with an understanding of worldviews. Well, let's first begin with a definition of worldview. What is a worldview? Briefly stated, a worldview is a set of presuppositions, beliefs that we assume are true, which we hold about the basic makeup of our world, how we view reality. So a worldview is a commitment of both the heart and mind to a set of beliefs that we assume to be true and shape our understanding of reality. Everyone in here has a worldview. Whether you can explain it or not, you all have a worldview. You all have a pair of glasses through which you view and interpret the world around you, which affects your beliefs, your values, and your behavior. Today, modern man is faced with a supermarket of worldviews, all of them claiming to be true. You can identify someone's worldview by how they answer five basic questions. First one is, what is the nature of God? Secondly, creation. Why does the universe exist? Third, deals with the nature of man. What is the nature of man? Fourth, deals with the issue of sin. What is man's problem? Why is there evil and suffering in the world? And finally, salvation. What's the solution to man's problem? How someone answers these five vital questions will determine what their worldview is. Now, there's three basic worldviews, and these lie at the foundation of all religions and philosophies. 
The three are theism, naturalism, and pantheism. Now, here's an easy way to remember them. Theism says God made all. Naturalism says no God at all. And pantheism, God is all. God and the universe are one. God is not a person in pantheism. God is a it. He's a force made up of everything in the universe. So God and the universe are mutually dependent upon one another. Let's take a look at how these three worldviews answer the five key questions. First, the question of God. Theism says there is a personal God, an eternal personal God who created all things. Naturalism says there is no God. Pantheism says God is an impersonal force made up of all things in the universe. God and the universe are thus one, mutually dependent upon one another. Okay? Theism is the foundation of the three great monotheistic religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Naturalism forms the foundation of many of the philosophies out there in religions like Southern Buddhism, but philosophies such as Darwinism, it's the foundation of Marxism, atheistic forms of existentialism and others. Pantheism is the foundation of the Eastern religions, Taoism, the New Age, Northern Buddhism. And the Eastern religions are built upon the worldview of pantheism. So they form the foundation of all the religions and philosophies out there. Well, the next one, creation. Why is the universe here? Well, in theism, God created the universe out of nothing. There's an intelligent designer God who created the universe out of nothing. Naturalism says that the universe is simply a cosmic accident. The universe is accidental. It's an accident that we're here. There's no intended purpose or design for our existence here. And one day, as the universe runs out of energy and reaches a state of final entropy, the universe will come to an end and thus all that is in the universe, including mankind, will thus come to the end of extinction. Pantheism, since God and the universe are one, the universe is eternal. The universe has always been here. Well, let's take a look at some brief video clips here and see if you can identify the worldviews here. The first one is from Cosmos, hosted by Carl Sagan. And many of us saw this as we were going through our, our um, education in junior high. We probably saw this special here on the Cosmos by Carl Sagan. Well, let's take a brief look at it now. The Cosmos is all that is, or ever was, or ever will be. Our contemplations of the cosmos stir us. There's a tingling in the spine, a catch in the voice, a faint sensation as if a distant memory of falling from a great height. We know we are approaching the grandest of mysteries. Some part of our being knows this is where we came from. We long to return. And we can't because the cosmos is also within us. We're made of star stuff. We are a way for the cosmos to know itself. Well, what worldview was that? Well, it's pretty obvious. That was naturalism. There on the cliffs of the ocean there, as the waves come crashing down, we hear Carl Sagan 
state very succinctly and very well the worldview of naturalism. The universe is all that is, ever was, and ever will be. The universe is all that is. Okay? That's naturalism. There's no God. All of reality is in the universe. Well, let's take a look at this next one, and most of you are familiar with this one. It's a clip from the classic movie Star Wars. And here in this scene, many of you may remember, Luke meets the Master Jedi, the master of them all, Yoda. And Yoda, uh, Luke has been training under Yoda for quite some time, and now he comes to a test to, by use of the Force, lift his fighter out of the swamp in which it is sunk using not physical power but the invisible power of the force and let's listen to this dialogue here i can't it's too big size matters not look at me just me by my size do you hmm? Hmm. and where you should not for my ally is the force and the powerful ally it is life creates it makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. There in Star Wars, you see a classic dialogue there, and it gives us a basic understanding of the worldview of pantheism. The Force. What is the Force? Well, remember, we're first introduced to it back nearly 30 years ago, and when the first movie came out, Obi Wan Kenobi was teaching Luke Skywalker about the Force, and in their dialogue, Obi-Wan Kenobi said, The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It is an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us. It binds the entire galaxy together. So the Force that flows through the, the energy that flows through the universe flows through each one of us. And in pantheism here, if we turn inward and master that energy, that force that is within each one of us, we can do remarkable things. That's what was the secret to the power of the Jedi. And it's an illustration of what every individual needs to do. When you turn inward and look within yourself, you can master the powers of the universe that flow through you. And you can do some remarkable things. You can heal yourself of disease. You can defy aging. And you can do some remarkable things. In the martial arts, it's called the Chi Force. And when we tap into the power of the Chi or the Ki, we can strike with tremendous power we can strike people down without even touching them it's used in acupuncture and other kinds of eastern types of medicine where it is believed that people can be healed through manipulating the chi in their body well that's pantheism so pantheism teaches that god is an impersonal force made up of all things in the universe human nature what is the nature of man well in theism it teaches that man is created in the image of God, but fallen in sin. Naturalism, well, no God, the universe is an accident, and thus man 
is an evolved animal, a process of the Darwinian evolutionary cycle. In pantheism, since God is all and we are all one, a belief called monism, man is essentially divine. Thus, man and God, or the divine, are one. Now, I can tell by some of uh, the way you're looking at me here, you're wondering, can people do, are there people that actually take this seriously? Well, most certainly. Deepak Chopra is the spiritual guru to many of the Hollywood stars, and he writes this in his book, uh, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. He writes, Your body is not separate from the universe, because at the quantum mechanical levels, there are no well-defined edges. You are like a wiggle, a wave, a fluctuation, a convolution, a whirlpool, a localized disturbance in the larger quantum field. The larger quantum field, the universe, is your extended body. Here in another book, he writes, In reality, we are divinity in disguise. And the gods and goddesses in embryo that are contained within us seek to be fully materialized. True success is therefore the experience of the miraculous. It is the unfolding of the divinity within us. See, each one of us are fully divine and true success comes from realizing our true identity. That we are indeed, as uh, Deepak Chopra writes, God and goddesses in embryo form. Here's a brief clip from Shirley MacLaine. Many of us may remember Shirley MacLaine. She was an actress who embraced the New Age religion and became a spokesman for the New Age religion. And here, sitting on a beach, she attains enlightenment, where she comes to understand who she truly is, her true identity. So let's take a look at this clip here uh, from her movie, Out on a Limb. Exercise. Here's what you do. Just stand up, pose your arms out like this and say the kingdom of heaven is within I love myself the kingdom of heaven is within I love myself now I better than that say uh, say I and God are one no wait 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 better than that I got the best one this is the best one just say I am God David I can't say that see how little you think of yourself can't even say the words. I am God. I am God. A little louder, please, with maybe a little more conviction. I am God. I am... Look, if I'm God, what does that make you? Well, we always see in others what we see in ourselves. I am God. I am God. I am God. I am God. I am I God. God. I am 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 God. There she writes in her book, uh, that is where she came to enlightenment, where she came to understand her true identity, that she is indeed divine. And uh, she writes, that's when... She felt the sunlight and the waves and the sand and the ocean. Uh, and she felt one with all and came to a true understanding of who she really was.
So what is human nature? Well, in theism, we are created in the image of our creator. Naturalism, we're simply evolved animals. In pantheism, man, in essence, is divine. Well, what's man's problem? Well, theism teaches sin. We have broken God's perfect law. We've not been able to live according to God's perfect standard, and there we, therefore we are separated by sin. Naturalism teaches that, well, really there isn't a problem here. We're going through the Darwinian evolutionary process, and as we continue to advance in technology and in our education, eventually it will overcome the evils of this world, and we shall continue to evolve and bring ourselves, save ourselves, bring ourselves into some kind of utopian society. Pantheism teaches that our problem is that we're unenlightened. We do not understand who we truly are and our true nature. Well, what is the solution? Theism teaches, well, our salvation is found in a savior. Naturalism teaches, well, it's found in science, technology, and advancing in our education. Pantheism teaches that salvation comes in enlightenment, truly understanding who we are. Well, this is an overview of the worldviews. Now, why is understanding the worldview so important? Well, let me give you three reasons why. First, understanding worldviews will enable you to live out your Christian faith consistently in this world. Secondly, it's going to enable you to effectively share your faith. And third, understanding worldviews is going to enable you to engage and transform your culture for Christ. Well, let's take a look at the first one. It's going to help you live out your faith consistently and effectively in this world. You see, if you look at my chart here, it all begins at worldviews, understanding what is real. Understanding your worldview thus shapes your beliefs. Your beliefs shapes your values, and your values shape your behavior. But it all begins with worldviews. That's why it's so important to understand worldviews, and it's going to help you, enable you to live out your faith. One of the biggest problems we have here in modern Christianity is we have what we call disconnected Christians, or we have a schizophrenic kind of faith. Now let me explain to you here. On this side, we believe that Christianity applies to just this side here, our private life, our salvation, worship, and our prayer life. However, when we come to this side, the side of the real world, when it comes to history, ethics, medicine, science, economics, literature, entertainment, politics, okay, uh, the Bible doesn't apply here. And we have thus made a very dangerous dichotomy here, a split of the sacred and the secular. As you can see here, uh, the spiritual life is disconnected from life in the real world. We think that Christianity is all about me attaining salvation, my private prayer life and my worship and my fellowship with God. But here, when you come to real life, business, medicine, science, political philosophy, economics, oh, then the Bible doesn't apply. And so whose ideology do we go by? Well, we go by the ideas of the culture. Except when it comes here to our private spiritual life, salvation and my fellowship with God, well then here the Bible applies. And we've made a very dangerous dichotomy here. That's why you have so many Christians that Monday through Friday, they think just like the world. 
you know, you see a lot of these businessmen who have been indicted, and we see in the media, professing Christ. Well, there's a disconnect here. You know, we've met Christians who work in abortion clinics, or Christians who are for embryonic stem cell research, or we have voted in politicians who stand in our churches and profess Christ. Yet when you look at the bills that they vote on, they go against biblical principles here. What's going on? Well, there's a disconnect here. We've made a dangerous separation between the spiritual life and real life. The Bible applies to the heart, to spiritual life, but to real life and the brain, well, then it doesn't apply. And thus, we go by the ideology of the culture. You see, genuine Christianity is more than a relationship with Jesus that's expressed in my personal walk with God, uh, Bible study, and my prayer and worship life. It's, it's more than my personal discipleship or believing in a set of doctrines about God. See, genuine Christianity is a way of seeing and comprehending and understanding all of reality. It is a comprehensive world view. Thank you so much for joining us on Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucrin. We're out of time, but we'll pick it up right there next time as Dr. Zucrin continues to discuss the clash of worldviews. Get more information at evidenceandanswers.org as well as audio from the Hawaii Apologetics Conference where Pat was joined by Dr. William Lane Craig. Topics include the existence of God, the problem of God and evil, science and religion, the new atheism, and that's just for starters. It's all at evidenceandanswers.org. If you believe that we ought to know what one believes but also why one believes it, then become a part of us at Evidence and Answers. Your prayers and financial gifts help keep Evidence and Answers on this station and keeps Pat Zucran giving good evidence and good answers when it comes to the things of God. Just click the donate button at evidenceandanswers.org and it would be a real blessing to hear from you. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time on Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucharin.